Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by Stoke Performance. Are you looking for the optimal pre-running fuel that is the perfect snack? Well, Stoke is a multi-nut and seed butter that's formulated to offer a wider variety of nutrients than what's found in traditional single-nut butters. Created by and for runners, our goal is to ditch the pre-running peanut butter for elite fuel. The new on-the-go packaging just dropped and made eating while running or working out all that much more easier. Use code SHIP, that's S-H-I-P, for 20% off your next order. And go follow Stoke Performance on Instagram and other social media platforms. All right. Hello, everyone. This is day four of our 10 Minutes in Tokyo series. Uh, if you listened to our series yesterday, you'll notice that it went a little bit over 10 minutes. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if this uh, goes over a little bit. But we are joined by one of the premier uh, social media accounts in track and field uh, running report. We have Joshua Potts and Aaron Potts joining us, um, breaking down all the events that we saw today. Uh, guys, thanks for, for joining, in, uh, joining us uh, with this podcast today. Thanks for having us on and calling us premiere. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Whenever we come on a podcast and they introduce us as premiere uh, track and field analysts or social media or whatever, you know, that that warms my heart. So I appreciate you. No, yeah, y'all y'all are definitely uh, one of the top people that I'm always looking out for. Like I I, I, I see your uh, your graphics, your accounts, your all the stuff that you go in depth on. I'm like, I got to step my game up, man. Like, uh, like I got to see what running reports doing. You guys are putting in that work. So it's definitely uh, I definitely it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. All the all the effort you've been putting in over the, a little, the past little while. Appreciate it. Just trying to push the sport forward, just like you, to be honest. That's all we trying. To, that's what everybody's trying to do, because we know the sport can be big and from what we already see in the Olympics, big things are happening. I know big things are soon to come for sure. For sure. For sure. And so I uh, want to start off the day with our morning sessions, uh, what went on. And so as a reminder for anyone tuning in on this, we are recording this uh, during, what is it, Sunday night. So all the events that are going to be happening in Monday morning before, uh, you know, all the semis and finals that are happening then. We don't know what's going on, so we're so this is going to come out, and there's going to be a few events that have already happened. We haven't seen those yet, so I uh, want to make sure that you get all that. You know, you know when that's uh, you know the time frame of everything. But so we started off the day with probably the biggest upset in track and field in the men's 100. Uh, first, it started off in the semis where the favorite uh, Trayvon Brumell ended up not even making it to the finals. Uh, and then we had two athletes that weren't even running the 100 when they started this year uh, going one, two. Uh, wanted to hear your guys takes on just the craziness that was the men's 100 during this uh, Olympic final here. I mean, I just feel like we're living in this post you saying both air so used. We were privileged for so long to just having this great, uh, athlete and you saying both, you know, every time he stepped up, he was going to break a world record. And then we've been just searching for that person. And we thought it was going to be Christian Coleman, but unfortunately we all know what happened with that. So, you know, it was just upset city in the one, and it was 
super disappointing. You know, you didn't get to see Trayvon Ramel. He still had an amazing and incredible season this, this year. Um, but it, yeah, it's like upset city. And, and we're really just, the world is just trying to find that fastest male sprinter. Who is that guy? I think I thought it was really crazy too watching the race, like seeing, well, first off, finding off before the Olympic trials that Fred Curley is going to drop down and run the two and the one. And like going in, I remember watching Olympic trials. I'm, I'm like, he, he made in the 100, then he's going to do the two. It's like, I don't know. Well, even before then, I was like, I don't know if he's going to make it in the two because he hadn't broke 20 exactly yet before the Olympic trials. But I knew he would be formidable in the 100. But to actually see him make it, then see him get all the way to the final in the Olympic final for the 100. And then like for the first 60 meters, literally, I was looking at my TV and I was like, Red Curley's about to win. He's, he's going to win. He's, he, this man is going to win. And then Lamont, Lamont Jacobs passes up like last 20 meters. And then I find out this dude's uh, Instagram handle is like the long jumper. It's really just crazy to see that a lot of people were saying the sentiment of like, let's stop calling Fred Curley a 400 runner and start calling him a sprinter. And I think that's what exactly is. I think he can do you do pretty much everything but I think this is also can be telling of just to the fact of like we've seen Michael Norman he ran 986 before Wade Van Niekirk has ran around there too I think this may be telling we'll see how the 400 goes later on this week the men's final once Norman and Wade Niekirk and Stephen Gardner finally line up and they meet on that final if they we all see that but I think this just shows how good these four well, these sprinters that are really these hybrids really are right now. And we're living in this golden age. And hopefully we can get that 43 barrier broken soon. Because I don't, Fred Curley, yes, he's a good, he's a good 100 runner. He's a good 400 runner. But I think that that 400 is really like his real key. He was all, he was all about phase 42 before the Olympic trials. That's, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. I think that the, these sprinters that are doing different events are kind of, it's going to be like the new generation of sprinters, like you said, where I think we're going to be seeing more athletes trying to focus on everything from the one to the four, because I think the fact that Fred Curley was so good in the four is what helped him not be yeah. so tired as everyone else is going through those rounds. Like today they only, they, they went from what they had like the semis and then the finals just later on that day, just a few hours later. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, for a dual meet or whatever, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean much, but when you're running sub 10, like that, like even that, you know, amount of racing, even if you have a few hours can, can build, can, can build on you. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more sprinters, you know, branching out a little bit. Like uh, I, I'd be excited to see if Michael Norman kind of spreads out a little bit. We've seen him run the, you know, the one and the two, but for the Olympics, he's only doing the 400. So I wonder if after seeing, you know, some of his, uh, you know, fellow sprinters branching out a little bit, will this mean that he tries out more events at more, you know, at world championships rather than, you know, just kind of sticking with what he's really good at with the 400. Um, it should be interesting. I think he will, as you're saying, because I, I think like both of you have said, we're entering this a new generation. Like it's the post you saying both both era and we don't have that guy. And I and I and I think it's similar to the distance events where you see people who run the 10K come down and get world records in the mile. Like Stefan Hassan mm -hmm. is the one gold in the 10K and she's also in the 15. You know, Mo Far when he was running in his heyday was ran 328 in a 1500 was winning gold in the 10k so we see it kind of at the distance and I I was just thinking like 
traditionally when you say the fastest man in the world you think about it as the 100 meter like you, when you think of the best sprinter you think of the 100 meter runner and i just don't think that is like the case we're living in right now like i would say right now it, it would be between maybe like noah lyles people would people would probably say noah lyles when they think of the fastest man in the world and he's not really that great one as we saw and that just might be like the area that might just be where track is headed. Like we'll see when Christian Coleman comes back, but you gotta be, you gotta be able to run nine, eight to be competitive in the four. Like that's just the reality now. It's facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what we saw, uh, what uh, Noah, Noah Williams was on both the four by one and the four by four for, um, for LSU. Um, like, yeah. so it, it, it shows you have to have, I think like half of the team of North Carolina A&T was both on the four by one and the four by four. So it shows like you've got to have that, that 100 meter speed if you're going to be effective in the 400 and, and vice versa, especially if you're trying to get through rounds. Like if you, if you want to go be in these major championships where you got to do qualifying, you know, semis and finals, you know, that that's going to, you know, bear on you if you don't have that base of, you know, being a longer sprinter where you're used to putting on that mileage. And then also shout out Andre DeGrasse too, going out there, getting third, Mr. Consistent that definitely, he's definitely going to be in the running for top three in the 200 as well. When the time comes, I, I would love to see him go. Cause I'm definitely a big USC guy, but I don't know. It's going to be, inter- I don't know if he could be Noah Lyles, but hey, he's definitely going to be in the conversation, probably top three again, once he gets to the 200, he's, he's always there. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's uh he's just always finds a way to get to get a medal. I I don't know who it was. I saw someone on Twitter. Um, what was it? Bracy saying like, yeah, there's three things certain in life: oh, yeah. death, taxes, and Andre DeGrasse meddling at major championships. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's true. He finds a way. He finds a way to do it. Um, next, want to talk about the other big highlight of the morning uh, events. We had a world record go down, uh, Yulimar Rojas of Venezuela breaking the triple jump world record with a leap of 15.67, uh, which was crazy because she started off the, uh, the competition with an Olympic record, and then she closes off her competition with the world record, um, just showing that she's been a completely dominant jumper uh over the course of triple jump she's also super exciting to watch she gets the the crowd going she's celebrating after every jump um what were what were kind of you know your thoughts with with her winning and not only winning by a little bit she like dominated the not just the world record but the competition as a whole what, what I really like about Yulimar Ross and like what she's doing is the fact that she already has the indoor world record and having the outdoor world record. I feel the fact of like, even like Mono Duplantis doing that last year too. That's just such a great thing to do. Like there's, there's no doubt she is a certified goat in the women's triple jump. And just the way that she attacks every single run, you see her talking to herself and just like the, how hyped and erratic she is when she does, when she does do her jumps, it's something like really special to watch, just seeing her see her go every single time because like it, it honestly it really is just like amazing to see her get it done every single i see her compete honestly mm-hmm. bro and uh joshua yeah you hit the nail on the head when you're when you're the goat when you're the champion that's how you attack your event like you know you're the best you know you're competing against yourself when you're setting the olympic record to set to start off then going with the world record like it's similar to radisha like i, I you know i'm doing all these distance parallels but it's just like to 
run the world record at the Olympics, that is the highest feat that you can ever do. And that is yeah. the biggest thing you can to tell to show everyone you are the certified GOAT. Like you have to run the fastest ever at the biggest meet ever uh, to beat me. And she had just attacked it like that with each jump. Like she was out there to make history. Like it wasn't about just getting gold. Like she was out there to make history and that's what she did. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, she's showing up when the lights are the brightest um, and, and did it multiple times with, you know, her first jump and, and her last jump. And it, it means a lot to now be, yeah, have both the indoor and outdoor. You don't have people that are really kind of like second guessing, like, oh, is she really, is she really the best? Like, no, no, she, she really is. And so I think the fact that we have so many uh, world championships coming up within the next five years, if she can continue to capitalize, you know, she's going to, I mean, she's definitely going to be in that conversation for, you know, being one of the best just jumpers, uh, you know, on, uh, of all time. Almost definitely. And like, she really went for broke, like Aaron was saying, cause like she was, she scratched like a couple before she, she got that, she got that, uh, that final jump. So I remember I was watching Nigel Houston and skateboarding and one of the reasons he's definitely like one of the goats in, in skateboarding cause he, he was winning, winning, uh, competitions at 12 years old. But like the main reason Tony Hawk was saying why he didn't win and why he was falling all the time. Cause he was going for broke. He was going for the hardest moves every single time. And that's what the same thing that she was doing. She was doing, she was trying to get all of the board, get the biggest jump and it finally paid off at the end satisfying to really watch and there's a celebration at the end like it doesn't nothing beats that especially just like in the high jump too like nothing beats those celebrations for sure 100 and and hey talking about the high jump that was another one of the crazy competitions that we had today and so for for those that didn't watch it we this was something that has doesn't happen really ever at all and we had a, a tie going into the final jump and both uh both of the jumpers what was it, it was Bashim and uh Tom Tombri uh of of Italy, Italy uh yeah of Qatar and of in Italy they both had were tied and they both missed all three attempts uh of the their next bar and then just decided you know what we're done and tied for first which was something that you never see what, what what are your guys thoughts on them deciding not to do a jump off and saying hey we're both going to come home with a gold medal um you know here in the high jump i think it's just i always kind of weird at first but like when i think about it it's just like it's the it's about the olympics like getting gold silver and bronze it's not totally about you know competing about against the next person it's like it's a life accomplishment you know for everyone is there it's not about it's not a hundred percent about just dominating your competitor you know and especially like in a field event I can see how I can see how that works in a field event like the competition is over and you guys both have a first place mark so it's a tie and this isn't to determine like it's not to determine a world championship. It's like they both earned gold. You know what I mean? It's not about beating somebody and being like, oh, I'm the this, you know, it, after, you know, after what I just said before with her, but like, it is just like, it's the Olympics. Like there's something special to that. And I think it's about, did they both earn gold? In my opinion, yeah. Like they both earned gold. So I think I'm cool. I'm cool with it. I think it's awesome. 
I think it's, there's definitely going to be people, and this and this was first take, I would definitely be like Max Kellerman and Stephen A to Aaron right now and be all like, I totally disagree and that they should be to have that competitive mindset and that's why our generation is soft. But to be honest, like I think I've seen this on Twitter from Declan Murphy. He was kind of saying that like a jump off is kind of dumb. Like we don't want to see the bar go lower and then see people trying to jump over these lower heights and see who misses first. Like honestly, I don't really, I don't really don't want to see that either. Like I want to see them like go for broke and see it, see them go over but they may just not be able to get it on that day so I think being able to settle for that height and which that height was high too like they were they were saying one of the greatest high jump competitions of all time so like I think it's definitely fair and the story that these two both have as well with Tambiri like coming back from that ain't from that ankle injury and then Brashim being one of the greatest high jumpers of all time, but still coming back from injury and battling back and getting to the gold medal position and proving like his worth and what, what he, what he brings to the table. I think it's a great story. And I think that's, I think, especially like in the high jump, like I think it's different if, if it was like the 800, but in the high jump yeah. or if it was in the pole vault, like it totally, it totally makes sense that there could be, there's a possibility of being a, a double gold medalist. That, that makes total sense to me. Because yeah. too, it's like it's you against the bar, and like to anybody that's doubting that, you're a liar. If you're saying that if you made it to the Olympics and you both earned a gold medal, you'd be like, nah, bruh, like nah. Let's they build keep going. Though, like, they build different. What? Though. That's what they. Why aren't they in the Olympics then? <laughs> yeah, it's like I think that. <laughs> If it was to, if they were to do, if the jump off was like a sudden death jump where it's like, hey, next person to clear this bar, like they keep it at that height, next person to clear it, like you win. Like if that was how the jump off was, then I'd be like, all right, that'd be exciting. Like, yeah, let me see that. It's just like, hey, the, the bar stays at that height and you just keep going till someone makes it. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that'd be cool. But like, yeah, going down a bar, jumping stuff you already did. It's just, it, I don't know. It doesn't seem as, as exciting to me. And, and like you said earlier, like, these are two extremely like powerful stories that happen with both these guys coming back from injury. Uh, Bashim's the oldest high jumper to win uh, a gold medal. Like it's just so many like powerful things that are gonna that are you know bringing you know people closer to the sport. And you know, that's the stuff that we need in track for people to you know be coming out and, and seeing these interesting stories that that's going on within our sport. And that's low-key just maturity, too. Like you said, being one of the oldest, and they've been on to the top in that level, too. They're like, bro, like, we've been this. We've always wanted to get gold at the Olympics, bro. We, like, let's let's enjoy this together. And they're friends, too. I've seen yeah. They're it's friends. Like, they cool. Like, let's, bro, we gold medalists. Like, I don't care. Like, you know it's not I mean? about it's not about beating someone else. It's just about getting the gold medal, to be honest. Like, you earned a gold medal at the Olympics. Take it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Bro. And uh, next... So I want to get into some of the, the things that we had with this evening session uh, of track and field. Probably the, the first one was the craziest thing that I had seen, where usually if somebody ever falls in a race, especially if someone falls in the last lap of a race, it's done. It's over. There's no coming back from that. But Safan Hassan is built different, and she falls in the last like 350 meters of her race, and then still comes back to not only qualify, but to win. What were you guys thinking when you saw her go down initially in last place already? When she I went down, I was just like, bro, get up. <laughs> get I, thought up. Was 
I thought it was over. I was like, oh dang, bro. I think it's I think she's gonna I think she's not gonna make it. And then like 50, then she ran like 150 meters, and I was like, oh yeah, she got it. She got it. I was like, oh yes. I forgot who we're, I forgot who we we're talking about. We we're talking about Stefana San, bro. She won the 10k in the in the 1500 at the last at last at the 2019 World Championships. And she she they were saying she went with her heart to run the 5k, 10k, and 15 triple. Whoever wants to do that out of their heart. I think this may be destiny for her. I didn't pick her to win all three events. I, I ain't going to do that, but I don't know. This exactly. may be destiny. I definitely got her winning the five. I think she, that's going to be her first final. I think she's going to win the five, like for sure, for sure. But the 15, Faith Kivyegon is looking real good, and she already beat Safanasan. And then the 10K, she's going to have to go to La Tessa Beck today, which is going to be also challenging, but she could win the 10K too. But I definitely, the five and the 10, the 15, not looking so great, but the five and the 10, she, she could wrap those one up double, like, Pretty, pretty good the way the way she ran today told me that she ain't playing like she she's not out there like oh yeah i'm just gonna run the 15 and the five and then you know i could just do the 10k and see how i feel no no she's trying to win all three she's not playing like the way she ran as soon as she got up and ran like 20 meters i was like oh she's pissed now she's <laughs> pissed and now she's about to show y'all who the boss is she mm -hmm. was mad because she could have just slowed god six she was like no nah, i'm gonna beat y'all i'm gonna show y'all how slow i was running this reminds me of when I was in elementary school. When I was in elementary school, I started running club track. So when you run a club track against, and you you in the fourth grade running, you running club track and you you working out and you going against other fourth graders at PE, bro. If I fall and stop and tie my shoe, I'm catching the whole entire class because like I was just on a whole nother level. And that's what it looked like. I was like, dang, bro, this is a high school league meet. This girl fell and was just like, oh yeah. It, it, it wasn't like when that one girl fall, fell and it was super inspirational. No, it was just like, it was more like, wow, she's really not, still not running that hard. Like she, she's just playing around. I was just like, damn. And then she walked right off the track. Everyone else was like trying to catch their breath and she just, you know, all right, let me get my mask and walked right up. So yeah, she's just, she just built different. Uh, next one to go over the, the long jump competition that just ended, it was one of the closest competitions that we saw. Uh, unfortunately, Harrison was not able to, to get the win, um, but uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tongaloo was able to win on a tiebreaker, jumping 841. Uh, what were your thoughts? This was, it was a crazy close competition. Like every, every, of, every one of those last jumps really did matter. This is where the Olympics make me sad because somebody that was watching Javon Harrison all year and then like seeing her win NCAA indoors, finding out that like people actually do this long jump, high jump, double, and then he wins outdoors, wins USA's, and then on to the Olympics. I'm all like, dang, I want this dude to win both or I want him to medal in both. Like he's done this multiple times as a double. He's not able to get to the podium for both, but to even finish what seventh in the long jump and then I believe, I mean, with, yeah. with fifth in the fifth long in the jump long and seventh jump. in the high jump, that's yep. something someone people still aren't doing that so it's wonderful to see him just like it's, it's going to be crazy to see what he does next year in the world champs and then just beyond and beyond that i think it's going to be someone just really great for our sport but this just in the men's uh long jump competition as well it's all like yeah that was a really exciting competition and really just shows that like the field events can be exciting like when you're able to sit down and actually watch it like we do for the Olympics and get to see like a whole program of like a 15 minute block where we don't cut away in anything, like the field events can be really ex exciting once you get the best of the best to compete against each other. So that's what I really took away from it. Yeah, and like you're saying, bro, imagine in that high jump, 
and in that long jump, you know, if fans, if fans were there, how much more hype it would have been. And I will, I will say this: I really do believe Javon Harrison would have did better with fans because, like, he feeds off that energy, bro. Like, I think he would have done better with fans. But two, uh, also the guy that that won, uh, he was from Italy as well. Oh, Greece? Or, no, he's Greece. Yeah, dude, that dude, that dude was clutch because at one point Javon Harris was in third. This guy jump does a jump. I think this was like his second to last jump or third to last. Yes. Yeah, but does that he does his third to last jump, he jumps to get in third and it ties Javon Harrison. And then his the tiebreaker rule, his his uh second longest jump gets him for that third. And he does the same thing on his last jump to get first. After the the two Cuban dudes, they decide not to jump because they were they were hurt or something. So I was like, yo, that 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 was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Like a kudos to him because that was like super, super clutch to see. But yeah, I really do wish. I think this would have been a great opportunity for uh, casual fans or just track like track fans, not as big field fans, to you know see the field events. You know when there's like people roaring in the crowd because they're still pretty electric, and I really feel like the field event people are some of the are some of the biggest personalities in the sports. Exactly. Yeah, it was a, and it was a perfect timing too. Like it was like kind of prime time, so everyone really got a got a chance to see it. Um, yeah, I I was one of those people picking Javon Harrison uh, to win. I think yeah, the the college season just kind of caught up to him, and you know there's not yeah. enough fans. I mean, well, he's been doing this double since January, like every yeah. weekend. Like that's gonna like. I know, like, I know you're, you know, this crazy elite athlete, but event, it's going to catch up a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, you're, you're competing with the best of the best in the entire world. You go, you go undefeated. It's, you know, it makes sense that, you know, you're going to find your fellow at one point, but overall exciting, uh, exciting day for all of them. And um, so before, before we close out, want to kind of take previews for the events coming on later on today. So uh, we'll talk about the, the, the four finals briefly that we got going on. So on the men's side, uh, there's the steeple and the 400 meter hurdles. And then on the women's side, there's the 5k and the long jump. Uh, might as well talk about the, the, the premier event that we have going on tomorrow with the men's 400 meter hurdles, who's going to take it Warholm or Benjamin, uh, in this 400 meter hurdles. Hey, go right. Rye over here, bro. We riding with Rye over here. I mean, he's looked good. He's looked good in all the rounds. They both have looked great. So it's just gonna be a big battle. It's it's really it's really a toss up, and a world record is gonna go down. You know, like I don't know. You wouldn't be wrong if you said Carson at this point. Like it's really 50-50, I feel like. I think the interesting point is gonna be how hard does Rye Benjamin go out? Because we know Carson Warholm is gonna go out hard. When Rye was like 0.01 or 0.02 off the world record, he went out smooth. So let's see what happens when he goes out hard. Is he going to tie up? Is he going to be able to keep that together? So I think that's going to be the key thing, how he's going to be able to respond to the intensity of how Karsten gets out. And just look out. Let's look, pay attention to how Kar- how hard Karsten's going to slap himself before this race, too. Because this man is going to be hyped. He's going to definitely have some welts. I don't know, on his face, throwing his arms. So this man, he's going to be he's going to be real hyped. Like, watch out for that. Oh, yeah. I think the world record has to go down. Like, there's no shot this world record is going to be here this time. Like, by what the time we're recording, this time tonight, tomorrow. Like, there's no shot. <laughs> That the oh, world yeah. record stand in another day. This has to go down. Um, 
I'm definitely looking out for it. I think I had I picked Rye Benjamin to to win it as well. Um, I, I think that he he backed off a little bit in the semis. I let Warholm win it because he wanted to continue that streak a little bit, but um, that was exciting. Uh, then want to get into the neck another event that I'm really looking forward to. Don't have too much time here. Uh, the the women's long jump. Uh, who's gonna end up winning this women's long jump uh, tomorrow? I got to put it all on Brittany Reese, too. I think she's definitely the veteran of the group, and she's not jumping as far as she, she usually does in the season, but just the way that she has progressed and how she performed at the Olympic trials, I would expect her to perform good. And I think Tara Davis, I, I, would, I would love to say Tara Davis being that she is from California, but the same way we saw with Javon Harrison, a long season, first time competing overseas, at least in a while since like uh, USA since like world juniors and stuff. So I would expect Brittany Reese to be able to hold it down and prove the, the goat that she is. Cause she's made it to so many, she's been in this position so many times. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you, Joshua. And I want to say, say this of this Olympics, you know, this kind of goes back to running report pick them. At the end of the day, this is competition. People get caught up in the stats and the times and the rankings at the end of the day, like you might not hit your best mark on that day. You know what I mean? Like it might be a day where everybody jumps, everybody jumps short, but it's all about who jumps the longest. So that veteran being a veteran at the Olympics, it really, that really does help out. You saw it in the, the oldest winner in the high jump, you know, um, when and he performed on that day. So I know Brittany Reese is going to come to show up, but I'm excited to see what Tara Davis and like, I, I and I'm really excited, you know, Tara Giggins, that's my dark, dark horse i'm really excited to see what she's do gonna do like she doesn't have the the pin uh, all right yes so sorry that sorry about all that y'all cut off just a, a little bit there but yeah what what were you uh what were you saying uh aaron just to close out close out on that thought um being a veteran at the olympics really does matter it's important and stats aren't aren't everything in track it's gonna who's gonna be show up on that day and I'm super excited with the young energy that we have from Tyra Davis and uh, Tyra Giddens, two collegiate stars. Excited to see what they can really do, especially Tyra Giddens with not having to do like the, the pentathlon or, or help or whatever. So it's going to be another, I think it's going to be similar to the men's final. Super exciting. So definitely something you don't want to miss out on. Yeah, I uh, I definitely have, Gittens at least I think she can medal easily um because she's not doing seven or, or eight events like with the the hep plus the long and the extra high jump like she's only doing long jump and so I think that she's gonna have the the freshest legs out there and will be able to be at her peak for all of her you know six six jumps that she has and I mean like you said though Brittany Reese like you can't you can't count her out like the veteran uh, you know, being a veteran in the, the Olympics is, cannot be, you know, overblown. Like it is a, a very, very important thing. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think I have my dark horse as Gittens and then I wouldn't be surprised though, if, uh, if Brittany Reese ends up, ends up taking the gold there. Uh, cool. And then what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Like, uh, so when it, when to close this out, we have the, the 5k for the women and the steeple for the men. Um, obviously Hassan is, is one of the, one of the, the big names in the, the 5k as well as some other, other women. Who do you have uh, in the 5k uh, taking the, the championship there? 
for the gold. Oh, definitely, definitely Stefana-san. You saw what she did today. And this is going to be her first, this is going to be her first final. So she's going to be ready to go from, but I definitely think it's going to be Hassan and Helen O'Berry is going to be up there as well. And there's going to be a, a, a trio of Ethiopians battling for that third spot as well. But I think what we're really going to see and the talk that's going to definitely be from American track and field is Elise Cranny. Elise Cranny is going to have, I think, a big performance. Carissa Schweizer will be there too, but I really think Elise Cranny is going to have that big performance because Carissa had that big performance with Shelby with her in that time trial in 2020 when they're both able to run in those like mid 14s and like get, and Carissa ran the second fastest time in America. But Elise Cranny, she wasn't in that. She wasn't in that 5K, and she hasn't. This is her. This is going to be her second time because she ran that semifinal. Her second time against. Uh, overseas competition since we've really seen her break out so I think she's really going to show up and really show out tomorrow in this 5k and this is her only event too so the same way that we were hyping Grant Fisher after that 10k expect that same thing from Elise Cranny because I think she's going to turn it out I don't know if she's going to medal it's hard to say because their 5k is the women's 5k is hard but she will be there and we will we will be like Elise Cranny is that girl and the women's US 5K and women's distance after this race. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, what, what were you saying? I was going to say, I'm really curious to see like how this race is going to play out. Like are people, I wonder if like some of these women are, you know, upset Stefan's trying to do this triple and find it and insulting and they're going to make it, make her suffer and like go super hard. Or does she have like influence over the race like Bar did in the past and be able to usually women's races I feel like go out hard but like is somehow the race going to go slow like what's going to be the strategy that Ethiopians have for her? because like I mean they're everyone there's people in this race that are capable of running close to the world record running in the 14 teens but I'm really curious to just see how the race is going to play out yeah I'm looking at the the sheet right now and there are one, two, three, yeah, there are three, four athletes that have season's best that are in the 14 teens right now. And then, so there, there are definitely some, like some women that can take this out fast. The thing is, are they going to make this a tactical race or is this going to be a, Hey, let's, let's push the pace. I feel if this is a if they make this a tactical race that plays right into Safan Hassan's hands, if this goes out fast, that's where things can get difficult because she had to, you know, she had to push in the 1500 now and she's going to have the, uh, you know, to race again later on and then have to race, uh, you know, with the, the 10K as well. So I think if this goes out fast, you know, she might medal, might not be the gold, but uh, if this goes out slow and tactical, I mean, we saw how fast she can close. I mean, we, we yeah. saw that today. So it's something you don't want to play against. And have we got to mention uh, Gudolf Tisk. Tiske, Tiske from Ethiopia as well, because she ran the, the indoor world record for the 1500 earlier this year. I, believe, I think she's in the 10K as well, but she's not running the 15 and concentrating on this 5K. So she's definitely someone that's locking in, like, I'm going to win this 5K and trying to upset Safan Hassan. So that's <laughs> definitely going to be interesting. So, yeah, I still got I still got Hassan, though. It's, I, it's, it's definitely hers to lose. It's definitely hers to lose. How many people are doubling in this race? That's uh, a good question. Schweizer's doubling. Uh, yeah, Hassan's tripling. Oh, but, but like most of them are just doubling just the 10. So like the 10s and just in a couple, it's not, it's not, 
Not no, not so you, do you make do you make Stefan suffer in the five or in the ten? No, when they're gonna run hard. The women always run hard. I think Godoff to I I wouldn't be surprised if Godoff to Ske really pushes it and like I wouldn't surprise if like they're on world record pace, bro. I wouldn't be surprised if they're on world record pace just sprinting like bro, like they're running 60 67s right now at each lap. I don't know if that's a pace. That's a pace, something like that. The 70s. Yeah. That's crazy for a woman. That's crazy for me, mm-hmm. to be honest. Then uh <laughs> want to close it off with the the men's steeplechase. Uh for me, I think the the favorite, and unless something like, you know, it's a, a crazy race is Bacale. He's the only guy to run sub eight uh, in the steeple coming into it. He also has the best season best going into uh, the steeple chase. Um, I, I have him winning. I don't really think there's going to, there's going to be too, too crazy of a, a race. There's a few people that have, you know, low, like 805, 808s that are, that are around there. And, and, you know, it's, it is the steeple chase. Anything can happen, but uh, I think that it's going to be, you know, his race to lose uh, going into the, the the steeple for for him. Yeah, I think the main person to watch out, though, is going to be uh, Granite Wale from uh, Ethiopia. I believe in the indoor season as well. He had a big performance in the 3K. I want to say he ran like top three all time in the 3K indoors. So he's definitely going to he's definitely going to be able to push the pace. And, and he hasn't really like peaked yet in the 3K and definitely could do, do some more in the steeple. But also Brandon Keeter, I think we just got to mention him. He's the lone, uh, lone U.S. man in this race, mm-hmm. and he has the at the NFA, who's able, he's able to train with that group with Coach Simmons, with Hillary Bohr and Paul Chalimo and Shadrach Kipchishir. So he has that influence, a young guy, and he pretty much has nothing to lose in this race. So let's see what he can do. I'm excited to see what he can race. But definitely Obakale, like yeah, I, I got him. I got him winning too. I, I have Hillary Bohr, but he missed it. Shout out to the dude. Shout out to the guy. But uh, he he made us proud, though. He went out there. He ran a good race. He ran a race. Yo, this is another race that's wide open. And anything can happen in the steeple. As Joshua said, Hillary Bohr, you know, didn't end up making it to the final. But, yeah, anything can happen in the steeple. And I think, you know, since the exit of the great Ezekiel Kimboy, you know, we're living in that post era where he was getting medals. So, like, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, wide open, so I think it's gonna come down, you know, to a to a kick. I think someone is gonna be there. Um, yeah, and don't count out Keeter. You know that he does have a great kick too, and yeah. I mean Hillary was telling us a little bit about their their strategy going into the race. So I think it'll, it'll be an interesting race. Yeah, uh, it's it's one that I'm looking forward to. I think it's the first final that we have uh today in the evening session so it's, it should be able to you know set us off uh set us off well so definitely one that i'm i'm looking forward to for sure but um awesome thank you uh joshua and aaron for joining us uh today for instead of 10 minutes in tokyo it's really dang near an hour in tokyo uh at this point <laughs> but um hey, where, where can people go that. to find you guys with uh, the running report what kind of stuff do you guys uh have posted or, or coming up uh sometime soon uh, so you can find us pretty much YouTube, YouTube, uh, Instagram, running report, running report on YouTube at underscore running report underscore on Instagram. Then also you can subscribe to our two black runners podcast with me and Aaron. We're going there, interview, interview top, top uh, runners and field eventers in the sport and just other people around the port trying to push the sport forward and also just give our perspective and unique perspective of two black runners in the sport and just being like track and field 
nerds per se. So yeah, you can find us just on the Two Black Runners Instagram as well. And just the running report and our whole mission is really just to be the running media outlet produced for the culture and by the culture. And definitely in the media space, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of people that look like us constantly doing media, definitely being young and just uh, just a minority as well. So trying to bring that new flair and that ESPN Sports Center uh, first take, uh, first things first vibe every single time we get into it and just the energy every single time, everything that we bring to everything. So uh, yeah, just that's that's where you really can find us. Anything else, Aaron, I missed? I think I, I covered it. August 10th, August 10th, we drop in the, we drop oh, in yeah. the shirts. We are. on the harrier i know this podcast i think is this a podcast produced by the harrier i'm pretty sure right yeah yeah harrier. we're uh yeah we're partnered with the harrier yeah for sure hey yeah 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 so we're dropping we're dropping our our first shirts for the culture tees august 10th uh y'all getting the first announcement on there on this podcast oh, but oh, more news to come on that shirt Exclusive. loving it looking forward to it i've been i've been seeing the the promos for it they look sick so if you haven't seen them uh, check them out on Instagram. You can you can see those those shirts for sure. But uh, thank you guys for joining us, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Ten Minutes in Tokyo by Track World News. Uh, if you like this, please make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. It really helps us know that you're enjoying the content. We'll have another episode just like this coming out tomorrow, um, reviewing all the events that happened today. So if you don't have time to to watch those, uh, we'll watch them for you and, and talk about it. So uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.